Welcome to Playmakers, everyone. I'm your host, Haley Elwood. It is week 15. The Chargers are still at SoFi, and this week they will host the Tennessee Titans. So joining me to talk about this game, this opponent, is Tennessee Titans Associate Director of Broadcasting and one of my absolute favorite people in this crazy business, Amy Wells. Amy, thanks for coming on. How are you? Haley, I'm so excited to do this podcast. I've seen you doing this with other people, and finally I get my turn. I've been waiting for what feels like years. It only took three years, but um, better late than never. (laughs) We did it. It's all good. We did it. We made it. We made it. Uh, We've also made it to week 15, somehow, some way of this crazy 2022 season. We've got the Titans coming into SoFi to take on the Chargers. What are your sort of overall impressions of this matchup in this game? Well, I think this is going to be a really fun matchup. I mean, both teams are seven and six, so there's a lot of just parallel with how these seasons have gone, not only from a win-loss standpoint, but also from an injury standpoint. It seems like both of these teams have just spent the entirety of the season reeling from personnel changes and these injuries and lineup changes that you don't see coming until late in the week. And I mean, from a football standpoint, it's also going to be a lot of fun because these are two teams that are kind of leaning heavily on their quarterbacks and their offensive philosophies to really try and get these wins. Um, So I think it's going to be a lot of fun just to watch these two teams battle each other. And historically, the Chargers and Titans have really fun matchups. Like, they're always fun games to watch. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, we think about the London game in 2018, that crazy game. I think the following year where both teams were, what, two and four or, like, had losing records. And it really felt like whoever was going to take off and when that game was going to change and the trajectory of their season certainly happened with the Titans in that game. But it came down to the very end, too. You're right. They're, they are kind of always fun. They're kind of one of those weird AFC opponents that they sort of always kind of know each other a little well and kind of closer that is strange when you're not in the same division at all. Right. There's a familiarity between these two teams that is uh, uh, uncanny because we really don't see each other that often. I know the Titans and the Chargers have a history that goes back way back. The Titans had a real Chargers monkey on their back for a while. (laughs) It took some time for them to start getting wins against this Chargers team just any time. So, yeah, the history behind it, the familiarity between the two teams, and then just good football games, you know? I mean, they have complementary styles in terms of the way that they play, um, what these teams are able to do. I I just think it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So the Titans are on a little bit of a skid right now, but still leading the AFC South. What has kind of been going on with that team as of late? I know you mentioned injuries and things like that. Yeah, and I mean, there's a couple of things at play here. The injuries are really a big one. I mean, the Titans lost Traylon Burks, who was their main receiver, and he was really coming onto the scene in his his the latter end of his rookie year, I guess I should say. Um, he was having a lot of success, and so it was hard for the Titans to lose an offensive threat like that. Losing Danico Autry on the defensive side of the ball, um, going down against the Green Bay Packers. We're hopeful that he'll be able to come back at some point, but it's a waiting game. And it seems like it's just been those kind of hits against the Jags last Sunday. They lost Dontrell Hilliard, who was a big player when it came to special teams and um, a returner, but also on offense. He was a real contributor. So it's just things like that. You keep losing these pieces, and that's really frustrating. 
Football-wise, there's been a bit of a turnover issue as of late. The Titans have been giving them up. They haven't been taking too many away. And that's uncharacteristic for this Titans team. Earlier in the season, we saw this defense creating turnovers a bunch. They were getting lots of takeaways. And they've been in a real drought. Um, We all know that sometimes those things come in bunches. And the Titans haven't had any bunches recently. (laughs) So trying to find something that's going to get them back on track and really get them going. And then on the offensive side of the ball, the Titans have had some issues really getting that run game going. They've had a hard time really getting some traction. And when you have a hard time doing that, there's you're so limited in what you're able to do. The Titans' offensive line has seen a lot of personnel changes recently, and that has been a big impact. It's really just kind of changed the... Uh, the momentum, I guess, that the Titans are able to really establish. And Ryan Tannehill's been hit a bunch, and that's hard to do. He's been sacked 10 times in the last two games, which is hard to do um, anything when your quarterback isn't able to really go through his entire progression and do the things that he needs to do. And this is a team that relies on the run game pretty heavily, and they haven't been able to get it going in a way that they, is really sustainable. They've You've seen some some bright spots, you've seen some big moments, but it hasn't been consistently happening for the entirety of a game. And that's what the Titans need to do to win ball games. So much of these two teams, like, gosh, the, the offensive line personnel changes, things of this sort, it's, it, you know, sacking, getting to the quarterback. It, there's so many parallels, like you mentioned, between the Titans and what's been going on with the Chargers as of late, which is those sort of changes and sort of how you've had to kind of try to get things going, try to get things moving as the season has gone on. And when you're in this really critical point, too, of playing meaningful football, as we know, in December, you know, as I said before, you guys do lead the division at this point. The Chargers are fighting for this wild card spot. But same things all around. You mentioned the reliance on Ryan Tannehill. You were mentioned trying to get the running game going. Who does this offense go through at this point? Is it still Derrick Henry, or is it really sort of trying to get Tannehill in the passing game going? It is still... Derrick Henry, mainly because the run is something that this team relies on so heavily. Um, Derrick Henry, we know when he touches the ball and he's able to really get some good yardage and get some meaningful carries, the Titans generally win ball games when that happens. Derrick Henry's success is directly correlated to Titans' success, and that is just science at this point. Obviously, Ryan Tannehill in the passing game, they need to be able to do things as well. But you have so many more options when you have a run game that's going. You've got so much more that you can do in terms of any sort of RPO um, kind of setup that you're trying to do. There's just so many more options. And for the Titans, when they've been getting so far behind when it comes to just points, mm-hmm. um, they have to throw the ball more. When that When that run game is taken away they're so one-dimensional. And so that's really frustrating. Um, So running the ball is crucial, getting every aspect of that. It's not just Derrick Henry. It's not just the running backs. It's the offensive line. It's the tight ends being able to block. There's so many more things that go into it than just Derrick Henry running hard. Um, But Derrick Henry also does need to run hard. Like that is also a thing that needs to happen. And all of it needs to come together. And the ways that we've seen it happen for the Titans offense in the first half of the season need to get it back on track. It feels like they're close. It felt like in the first half of the Jags game last week, um, it felt like the Titans were really getting something going. Derrick Henry touched the ball something like 
10 plus times in the first quarter and was able to have a lot of success. And then they were just never able to get back to it. Mm -hmm. And ultimately the scores represented that. Yeah. He had such an incredible, you mentioned that first half against the Jaguars. And when you mentioned science with him, physically, he just doesn't, it blows my mind that he is able to do what he does because at his size, it's insane. It's just insane that he is as quick, as agile and everything for as large as he is that human, it's like humans are not meant to do what he does, but he does it at such an insane level. And I think as games go on and the season goes on, and I know that there's been times where it's been struggle to get going, but at the same time, when you look at like the first half that he had, how is he able to just shoulder so much of a load as the season goes on, as these games go on? And, you know, here we are in December. You mentioned how big he is and just how it doesn't make sense. And my favorite thing in the world is during training camp when we'll have joint practices with people and Derrick Henry walks out onto the field for the first (laughs) time because the staff of whatever team it is that we are working with, their jaws just drop because he's a big dude. And when he walks out without pads on, he looks like he's wearing pads. I mean, he's, he's one of the mod stars. Like it doesn't make any sense. He's just a giant human being who is able to do what he does at an incredibly high level, like you said. And here's the reality of it. One of the things Derrick Henry is known for is those insane workouts during the offseason where he's benching like five kids and chains and like (laughs) rolling tires over mountains and doing these ridiculous things. And those are fine. And I'm glad he does those things because it makes him big and strong. Definitely. But he's not benching a Volkswagen during the season. Mm -hmm. He's incredibly good at maintaining his body and being really intentional about what he is that he does throughout a week. Um, And he works really closely with our training staff, with our strength and conditioning coaches to make sure that when it's time to push, he can push Um, without being reckless about it. And when it's time to pull back and rest, there are people there who pull him back. Um, Titans fans are so tired of me pointing this out because I mention it about once a week. But it is so incredible to me that when he is working and he is out practice, he is moving for the entirety of the practice time. Like there Mm -hmm. is not a moment where he stops. If he's not on the field working through something, he's on the sidelines working with running backs coach Tony Dews. He's catching passes. He's on the jugs machine. He's in the sand pit, which it is really cold in Nashville. (laughs) Not a fun time to be in the sand, but he does it anyway. And he's always doing things to keep his body warm, to keep working on a specific skill set. And he does it in a controlled, responsible way throughout the season. And so he is able to shoulder a tremendous amount of work, not only throughout the entirety of the game, but throughout the entirety of the season. And I think that that is so impressive that he has continued to learn more about how to do that, how to maintain, how to stay healthy throughout his career. And that's why we haven't seen him plateau or we haven't seen him kind of start to wear down or break down throughout a season. It just doesn't happen. It's crazy. It makes no sense, but it's incredible. Well, one other thing that doesn't make a lot of sense for both of these teams, another parallel, second halves of games for the offenses, just not really doing it. I read that the Titans are struggling. The Chargers have not scored a third quarter 
third quarter touchdown. Since week five, I, I made a joke the other day. I was like, blow the third quarter into the sun. Like, it's just not working right now. But they found ways to win at certain times. Something's got to give, right? Doesn't it feel like at this point, like, here you go. You got these two teams that are kind of matched in that sense. Like, who's going to win it out in the second half? Well, mathematically, you have to assume that one of these two teams is going to score something in the third quarter. I'm not great with numbers, but like the law of averages just tells me. Yeah, I talk. I don't math. But law of averages tells me somebody is going to score some sort of points in the third quarter. And that might just be what blows the doors off for whichever team it is. It does really feel like whichever team has has more points going into the half has a substantial advantage in the second half of the game. And Mike Vrabel has talked about it. He's talked about consistency and talked about controlling the game and playing Titans football for four quarters. You can't control a game if you are behind in points. It just it doesn't work out. And it's something that sounds so stupid and so trivial. And right. when you say, well, the Titans need to score more points if they want to win, people say, yeah, no kidding. But it's something that really needs to happen. And for the Titans, it's getting into the red zone and then scoring when you're in the red zone. It's making sure that you are able to dictate the style of football that's being played. It's getting the opponents off the field on third down. Some of these things that are really kind of basic, fundamental football things that the Titans just have to clean up because in the second half, if they're coming from behind, it just doesn't seem like they are able to get back to Titans football, which is mm-hmm. what they do really well, um, when they are behind and trying to make up for lost time and lost points. Yeah. What is Titans football? Is it just like pounding the rock, just like getting at it? Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's tough, aggressive, winning the line of scrimmage, just running it down your throat football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which sounds very aggressive, very but that's, aggressive. Kind, that's kind of what it is. I mean, it really is just a f- overly physical, dominant, punch him in the mouth, anytime, any place kind of football, because that's Mike Vrabel. Like that is right. what this head coach is, is, I mean, walk in the room, lock the doors. One person's coming out of here a winner. And that's how it is every single game. And, um, guys really buy into it and, the team is built for that kind of football. It's a lot of physical guys who love the game of ball and are just able to grind. Um, relentless is a way that I would describe this team because they will just wear you out. And uh, when that's working really well for this Titans team and they really are able to control a game, man, it's fun to watch because they are a powerful team when they can get all of their pieces working as they're supposed to. So defensively, in talking to that unit, you mentioned a lot of the injuries that 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 team has faced and maybe getting, you know, not as much getting, not as, not getting as much pressure on the quarterback, I should say, but what kind of things do they need to do to maybe turn that performance of that unit around? Well, there's a couple things. They've got to get off the field on third down. I mean, that is a huge, huge thing that has been, a frustration for them for a couple weeks is getting the opposing offense off the field on third down. Again, something that sounds pretty basic, but it's really a thing that you have to do. And one of the main reasons why they haven't been getting opposing offenses off the 
field on third down is explosive plays. I mean, mm. plays of 20 yards or more are something that the Titans just haven't been able to defend against as well as they need to to really get the win. And um, so that's something that has been a big point of emphasis time and time again, controlling those explosive plays, making sure that that can't happen. And a lot of that starts with affecting the quarterback, you know. The Titans are going to have to get after Justin Herbert. They're just going to have to make him uncomfortable. They're going to have to force him to make some quick decisions. And then they're going to have to cover all of the offensive weapons that the Chargers have. And, um, again, injuries are a big part of that. It's hard when Jeffrey Simmons isn't playing at 100%. He's just dealing with injuries like everybody else and missing Danico Autry and Tier Tart has struggled with some injury. There's so many people who have just been beat up. This offense or this defense, excuse me, is just beat up. And so there's, there's a lot of different ways that they can clean some things up, but being able to contain those explosive plays and really get opposing offenses off the field and not letting them extend drives and then score points um, would go a long way to helping this Titans defense get back on track. Makes sense. All right, a couple more for you. Who is maybe a player that's meh, flying under the radar, someone that might not be a household name, but is, is a guy who Chargers fans and this Chargers team should keep their eye on this week? I don't know if he's flying under the radar anymore because he's had a big last couple of weeks, but it's rookie tight end Chigakonkwo. He has uh, shown up in some pretty big ways. He was targeted six times last Sunday, and he had six catches. Um, he had an incredible two-point conversion catch that involved his hand and his helmet and kind of a mushing of the ball in between two. It was beautiful. <laughs> and even he couldn't describe it. So I don't feel bad that I couldn't either. Well, that was well done. I got <laughs> the visual helped if you're watching this on video right now. Yeah, you're welcome for that. Um, but he really, he's a guy that in his rookie year has come in and has learned a lot and has really worked on his trust and his chemistry with Ryan Tannehill and really making sure they're on the same page and they're working together a lot to uh, to know what each other likes and each other's style. You know, there's so much um, nuance to mm -hmm. that quarterback, pass catcher relationship. There's a lot of details, and they've spent a tremendous, amount of, a tremendous amount of time working through those details. And he's someone that has been, it's fun to watch him grow. It's fun to watch him become more of a weapon that's used in this Titans offense. And he's also just a big, strong dude. Like he's built very well for a tight end. And so it's been fun to watch him use those physical attributes that we've seen since training camp and now put everything together to become a more well-rounded tight end. And uh, he's a guy that I'm really excited about his trajectory going forward because I think the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, and I think that's what you want to see at this point in the season too, right? As a rookie, you kind of catch fire late in December. I guess where are we, mid-December, but late in the season, that's like, all right, there's some possibility here for what's to come later on. Oh, absolutely. And he's someone, he spent so much time blocking the Titans' tight ends, say that five times fast, <laughs> have spent a lot of time being a big part of the blocking game. It's really fun to see them now, guys like Austin Hooper, guys like Chigakonkwo, get more involved in the passing game and being able to show off those skills and make some big plays for this Titans offense that they weren't able to make before just because they were helping block because there were so many issues on the offensive line. They needed some extra help up there. Sure.
All right, final question for you, and I know we've kind of talked about it a bit, but what do you think of factors how this game in how this game plays out? Is it going to come down to the second half? Is it going to come down to affecting the quarterbacks? What do you think that is? You know, I think there's a lot of different things. I think second half play is going to be something that's going to be incredibly important for both teams. I, mm-hmm. You've pointed out the similarities are a little uncanny, actually, <laughs> uh, between these two teams. So I think whoever is able to really show up in the second half of this game and really put on the show that we're all hoping to see, um, I think that is going to be the X factor. And, again, my stupid answer that is actually – very real. You need to score points. <laughs> and for the Titans, I think that's going to mean scoring points in the second half and scoring points in the fourth quarter and really showing up in that way, not just defensively, but offensively and not just moving down the field, but scoring once you get in the red zone. So I think that's going to be the biggest factor is who can score in the second half and who can really use that time to shine. Makes a lot of sense. We can't wait for this one. It'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see you at SoFi. Yay, friends in December coming out. Amy, thanks for coming on. We're so lucky to have you, and we appreciate it. We can't wait to come out to your fancy stadium and come hang for a while in sunny California. Get out of here. This is a dream in December. It's kind of cold. It's cold for us right now, but, you know. Define cold. Cold what? Uh, 65. Oh, stop it. Okay, I'm bringing a swimsuit. This is going to be fun. (laughs) We'll see you on Sunday, Amy. Thanks. Can't wait.